A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Hey, welcome to Deep Into Sleep. The daylight saving is right at the corner. And a lot of people are impacted by it negatively, every single time. What could we do about it? Today we have Dr. Ariel Nykrug, assistant clinical professor from School of Medicine, UC Irwin. He will share with us his knowledge and suggestions. Let's welcome him. Hi, Dr. Nykrug. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep podcast. Well, thank you very, very, very much for having me over here. I'm I'm delighted to be here. I'm really excited to have you. I know you have done a lot of great research work and clinical work in the sleep field. So I want to ask you: daylight saving is right coming up, and a lot of people I have noticed they feel very uncomfortable right after or even weeks after the time change. Is that normal? You bring up a great point. I mean, twice a year we have a situation in which we have this daytime save,、uh, daytime saving.、Um, what, what it does, it really it changes our social clock,、um, and independent of、uh, of the light clock of the real clock, right? So we're just changing the social clock, and basically what happens is we move it. Um, on the second Sunday in March, we get we move it a little one hour later, and then in in November, I think it's the first Sunday in November,、um, and the clock moves a、uh, back back one hour. As a result of this, it's extremely common to hear individuals reporting a lot a great deal of dysfunction after,、uh, but it's more than just reporting, right? I mean, sleep problems can come、um, the few days. Um, uh, on the days or the few days after,、um, but we also have much more than just sleep. We have、uh, occurrences of of injuries、uh, at work, car accidents,、uh, heart attacks、uh, that are much more common after these changes.、Um, and this is just because there is a real real mismatch that is created between your social time.、Um, And your biological clock,、uh, because of this artificial shift. When there's a mismatch between environmental demands and our biological internal clock, our circadian rhythms,、uh, that mismatch can cause a lot of dysfunction. Internal biological or circadian rhythms are actually a little bit longer than the 24-hour day. These very great studies that looked at、uh, the time of the internal biological clock show us really that、um, it's closer, maybe to even 25 hours. But every day there's this magic process. We call it entrainment, right?、Uh, this process in which our biological clock. Uh, gets、uh, shifted down to the 24-hour clock, the daytime and nighttime per the 24-hour period that we know. The strongest, I would say,、uh, time cue or entrainer or Zeitgeber, we call it in in professional language,、uh, which is in German for time giver. The strongest one is bright light, mainly in the morning. 
but it's not the only one. Uh, there's other things that can act as zeitgebers, as these time cues. Uh, routines are a great de- provide a great deal of entrainment. Meal timing, even exercise rightly timed, can be used for entrainment of circadian rhythms. Um, on these days of shifts, um, like the ones coming up, what happens is we create this mismatch between the biological clock um, and our um, social clock, our time clock our, is just shifting uh, while our biological clock stays the same. It's actually different from traveling across time zones because in, in, in that situation, we're actually changing our internal biological clock. But here, the only thing that's changing is the clock, not the biological clock. Mm. It sounds like either traveling across time zones or this kind of uh, artificial time shift, it both can cause the mismatch between our clocks. Correct. Mm. Yeah, in different ways. Mm. But the mismatch is, uh, is resulting in both outcomes, right? Sleep normally normalizes a few days usually after uh, we we change, but the outcomes can actually much be much longer than what we experience. We know that uh, traveling across time zones, if, if we fly to the from the west coast to the east coast, um, on average would say for every hour of change, it will take you one day to normalize your sleep. So three hours, it will take you you know, three days. Um, however, the biological changes, the internal biological changes could could last for much longer, weeks, um, even though sleep normalized. So there is really a acute effect that you can see, and then there's the chronic effect. Yeah, so any of the consequences people should be aware of? There is some links between negative uh, health outcomes, heart attacks, um, accidents, um, post-change, especially uh, in the spring. Though, really, we need to be careful of fatigue and loss of sleep and to make sure that we're able to uh, maintain our functionality at, at at a healthy capacity. We need to be aware of of our sleep time, of our habits in general about sleep. We need to be able to prioritize sleep. I think that in our culture in general, there is a, a huge deal of of sleep loss. People are not sleeping enough. So we're coming into this change. Well, while a lot of people are already at a deficit. Um, and then you put on top of the sleep loss that people are experiencing on a chronic basis, now you're causing an acute problem of a circadian misalignment, uh, which could cause even worse problems and outcomes, more sleepiness, more impact on the functionality of the individual. It is really important to know and to manage your sleep and health much before you come up to the few days before before the time change. I, I tend to see patients in clinic come to me about a week before, or two weeks, and say, um, "Doc, what what should I do right now with the time change? How am I going to manage it?" Um, really, to manage sleep, we need to look at a much much 
bigger picture, right? We need to look at over time. We need to make sure that our sleep pressure is healthy, that our sleep drive is is there when we need it. We also need to make sure that our circadian rhythms are entrained uh, and are strong. These two are very important processes that are involved in creating healthy sleep. So if we misalign the circadian rhythm and we have other deficits in the sleep drive, right? We're even more sleep deprived because we have sleep loss coming into this. We will experience more deficit, possibly experience more deficits. Um, So having a healthy sleep routine much before is really a key to coming to these time changes with an advantage. Now, there are some uh, strategies and how to go, to come and how to change your behavior in, in the days coming up to these time changes. So how many days ahead of time are we talking about? I believe that people should prioritize sleep every single day of their lives. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Uh, so for those people who are not, at least you should uh, uh, think right far before this time change right 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 um you know there is there is a difference between uh, a routine and a habit and and we need to get into the habit of healthy sleep um and if we have healthy sleep and we prioritize sleep we wake up every day at the same time we go to sleep when we're sleepy um and we don't ex- spend extend, uh, extended times in bed, uh, then we can come in the week before th- uh, the change and we can start going to sleep a little bit earlier and waking up a little bit earlier. And I would say that waking up a little bit earlier would be more important. Uh, we can wake up and then go and have a good dose of bright light, a good amount of entrainment in the first couple of hours of after wake up closer to wake up as possible. Um, I tend to say to clients that uh, the best thing is for you to go outside. It doesn't matter how much overcast there is or how many, don't start counting clouds. Just be outside, spend 30 minutes, have a healthy breakfast every morning, start your gut biology. Um, There's a lot of new trends with uh, uh, dieting approaches uh, that, have shown the importance of morning, um, uh, a good and healthy morning ba- um, uh, meal to start to start your circadian gut biology. Um, and when you do that in the few days prior to the t- time change, you, you're more likely to have less impact. Um, again, you're doing a non-natural change. So you will have some impact but you're trying to minim, minimize the impact on, on functionality. Um, a big thing I say, I tell my clients is don't forget to change the clocks the day before. Not Don't do this the day after, because that's a sure way how to sleep in another hour. Um, so don't forget to change the clocks before you go into bed uh, the, uh, on the night of the change. Um, and wake up at your normal time. Don't sleep in. Don't don't try to sleep in that additional hour. 
Also, change clock. This is interesting because for me, I I'm thinking about I'm very lazy. I just let my phone automatically change it, and the result, of course, I'm gonna sleep and get have whatever time. Sometimes I get very confused. I wake up natural time, but then look at the clock. Oh, it's not time yet. So I put it down. I can sleep more. <laughs> Right, uh, it's true that a lot of times uh, we, we use we rely right now on our smartphones, and it does it for us. Um, we need to be a, a aware of that change on the evening before we start. We need to start and the few evenings even before, and the few mornings before. So this entire um, behavior is is anticipating a time change and trying to move our clock, our biological clock in shorter increments of like 15 minutes every day, a little bit earlier. Uh, this is obviously for the spring. Our, you remember I said earlier that our internal biological tendency is actually to be longer than 24 hours. Right. Uh, and therefore they're delaying our sleep is actually much easier. We do it, it's much easier for us because of that. Because we have that, internal biological tendency to go to sleep later. Uh, and therefore the spring is particularly difficult um, and creates this time loss. Um, though one would think that we would get that hour back sleep on, on the other side, we don't. The studies don't support that. Wow, yeah, I really like this suggestion and strategies to really think about several days at least before what we can do, what changes we can make. And and it's interesting you mentioned we actually sleep 40 minutes less because a lot of time we are thinking, well, I, I often hear people say, am I losing one hour at this time change or I'm having one more hour at this time change? Well, we see that overall there's about a 40 minute decrease in total sleep time. And this is a study that was um, um, published in the Journal of Applied Psychology, and I think to, in, in, in 2009. And this was in the context of looking actually at uh, um, work injury. And, what they, and they looked specifically at mine workers. And mine workers overall ended up having 40 minutes less of sleep and experienced much more um, workplace injuries. Um, now, why there's less, it's much easier to explain, obviously, in, in the spring, but it's also actually really easy to explain this also in the fall, because what happens a lot in the fall is that individuals would delay their, their sleep time, but their biological time doesn't really change. So they will end up waking up and their desired wake up would relatively stay stable. So it's very common to see the, that it would result because of the way we change our behavior in anticipation of these events, we'll end up losing sleep, not adding sleep at all, even on the times when we possibly can earn that hour, but our bodies do, don't, don't work that way. We can't just um, chase sleep and try to uh, achieve that sleep that was lost. And really, my recommendation would be not to think about going to sleep earlier, but just trying to wake up earlier in the days coming earlier, creating more sleep pressure when you go to sleep at night. 
So it allows you to go to sleep a little bit earlier, even if it's by 15 minutes every time. But it would be easier if we wake up earlier in the morning and start building that sleep drive. Remember, sleep is a drive. We have a few drives in their human body, like hunger, thirst. These drives grow throughout the day. We want to make sure they're fairly high in, at night. We want to make sure that we're very hungry for sleep when we get into bed and that we're able to fall asleep quickly. When that time changes and we need to go to sleep a little bit earlier to achieve the same amount of sleep, we will only be able to do that if we have sufficient drive. So a good way to achieve that drive and to maintain that drive is to wake up consistently at a, the same time every morning. And then if you want to increase that drive, you can just wake up a little bit earlier, 15 minutes every day. And you'll get a little bit more sleepy before you get into bed at night, which will allow you to then go to sleep earlier in the time of the change. I know a lot of people always think sleep just a nighttime thing, right? I just need to consider when I go to bed uh, and it ends, sleep ends when I get up. And then yeah. whatever I do during daytime sleep, it's just for the night. You know, when you, you think about what is the definition of sleep and it's, it's a period of quiescence, right? Generally at night, it's a, it looks like a, a certain thing, However, it's a, it, from, a, from our perspective, um, we look at it as a rhythm, as a pattern, and it involves several um, mechanisms and processes, um, but it oscillates over, over time, and it's a process. And you know, we really look at it in the, you know, the yin and yang and uh, two parts of, of the whole, because uh, I need to be asleep a certain amount and in a certain way to be able to be awake for a certain amount in a certain way. But I also need to be awake in a certain amount in a certain way in order to be able to be asleep for a certain amount in a certain way. So really, they really depend on each other. Um, and we look at all of these pillars of health together. We look at sleep. We look at diet, we look at exercise, physical activity, right? We need to make sure that we maintain those three pillars. Here's the problem with pillars. If you take one pillar away or make it shorter or higher, nothing will, health will not be able to stand on it effectively. They all need to be worked on. More of one doesn't overcome less of another. More exercise doesn't, um, doesn't make for the deficits in lost sleep. More sleep does not make the difference for eating poorly. Uh, it doesn't work that way. We need to maintain all of these pillars to ensure that health is balanced and uh, stable on top of them. Yeah, I love that. Hopefully everyone who are listening can really take that, right? To remember that it's three pillars sounds like need to be equally strong and similar height so they can really all support our health together. Just want to know if people don't prepare it ahead of time, 
uh, they may get hit, hit hard. Is mm-hmm. that possible? If you can't prepare, um, and I believe that if you're hearing this right now, you didn't prepare because today is Friday and it's happening in a couple of days, right? Um, so you can't prepare. So my, my advice to you is wake up at your normal time. Try to go to sleep a little bit earlier, not too much, but wake up at the same time and get a great deal of sunlight in the morning when you wake up. Spend a minimum of 30 minutes outside, no sunglasses. Try to be active um, during that day, especially in the uh, hours between 4 and 6 p.m. Um, and then regulate your meal times uh, that day. Have a healthy breakfast. Make sure that you have uh, a lunch and you have a normal dinner. Uh, also, don't excessively use caffeine during that day. Um, um, don't use caffeine after noon. Um, and avoid alcohol on the day bef- on the, on the um, night before the change. That means on Saturday night um, and on Sunday night. So avoid alcohol or drugs during this time. Great, great suggestion. I'm very happy. So people now, by the time they listen to our um, podcast, possibly a little bit, not a lot of time left for them to prepare, but still sounds like there are quite something people can think of doing to help themselves as much as possible. But if people are aware of this, like for example, they listen to this and they prepare for the fall time change, then they know, okay, far ahead of time, they can start making adjustments. So near the end of our show today, is there any final wisdom you want to send to our our audience? You know, if you're listening to this podcast, um, that means you're prioritizing and you're thinking about your sleep. This is a lifelong value. I highly advise for really, really uh, prioritizing your sleep in the prioritization of your health. Prioritize your health, prioritize sleep, uh, and, the, and the three pillars. Um, that would be my only advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Nekrug, for coming to the podcast and sharing all this wonderful knowledge and techniques with our listeners. Thank you very much for having me here. This was a pleasure. After you try some of these suggestions, let me know which suggestion you like the best. If you have insomnia problem and you cannot sleep well, and if you speak Chinese, please come to my next insomnia treatment group. I will use CBT for insomnia method to treat insomnia. It's a four-week group, and you can find the information on our clinic website, mindbodygarden.com slash S-H-I-M-I-A-N. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Ishan. See you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk, and our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, 
The CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co/insomnia.